everybody. Welcome to the Tinnitus Manifesto podcast. My name is Chris Clausen. In this podcast, we look at all things related to musicians and hearing and hearing issues. Today, me and my co-host for the show, Nashville audiologist Dr. Rebecca Grome, will get into the physics of sound. Over the next couple episodes, we'll talk about some of the basics, qualities of sound, pitch, volume, harmonics, overtones, resonance, and how all this stuff sort of combines to make speech and music and how those two things, speech and music, are actually quite different as far as EQing and recording and how we hear sound. I hope you guys enjoy it. Once again, Tinnitus Manifesto podcast, The Physics of Sound. Uh, I didn't realize it in the time, but the uh, Peter Collins interview was was badass. Like, it was, was great. Really... It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah and like, really just cool. good information. Caliber... Yeah. Well, also, you know, it's just so un... Um, it's so abnormal for someone of his statue to say, "Right, I have this mm-hmm. issue and I had this problem, and yeah, I'm, right. I, you know, I'm dealing with it, and it's that's okay." It was cool. Yeah, super. It cool. was really nice of him to do that. I I agree. I think uh, for disclaimers, if we end up using this in the audio, uh, we I made it clear to him before the interview. He didn't have to bring any of that stuff if he didn't want to talk about his his hearing aid or whatever. You know, I, I yeah. wasn't going to, you know, that wasn't going to be a part of the conversation. He he was happy to offer it up, which I think was really cool. Yeah. You know? Well, cool. Um, we're here starting into this conversation essentially for for the next. It'll probably be a few episodes, I think, because we got a lot of shit here. Um, yeah. But just sort of the physics of sound, and just so we can see how it sort of applies to our daily life and how it applies to musicians and all this kind of stuff. All the some of the you know the the, the more technical stuff um, for you know sound, frequency, harmonics, volume, all these things. What do those things really mean, and how? Do they apply to, you know, how we hear sounds and music? Um, so right off the bat, I'm going to ask you a question as the audiologist. Does, what is sound? What does that What is the definition of sound? What does it mean? So sound to me is a physical movement in the air, which is picked up by the ear and then transferred up to the brain. Okay. So it's different. So, and I'm, I'm right. I'm asking that question right off partially because it's almost the tree in the forest, right? If a tree right. lands, is it set, you know, and they say, well, you know, there's misquotes. Does, does anybody hear it? That's not the question. Did it make a sound? Now, yeah. if no, if there's no ear picking up, if there's no receiver, no insect, no anything that hears that tree fall, that means it's not sound? No, it's true. That's, there's sound on that. That's what I mean. That's again, I don't mean to be like sort of a dick it's, about it, but uh, just to, you know, kind of clarify. Are you sure about that yoga, Chris? Yeah, it's, it's kind of part of my job here. Uh, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, it's a question I've had. You know, I was wondering, yeah. like, what is essentially, that's why I'm asking, what is sound essentially like? Is it's change, it's air pressure, it's change of air pressure. It's a right? change in air pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. And the speed of sound, it travels at whatever, uh, 767, right? 767 miles per hour, uh, 1200 kilometers, something like that. Um, Now, when it travels through something more solid, it's faster, right? So if it goes to water, it goes like five times faster. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's because the molecules that make up water or the molecules that make up a solid structure or closer together 
Yeah. And that's how sound travels. And so it's more dense. Right. Correct. Yep. So if you talk in air, air mo- molecules have a certain amount of spacing around them. Right. Whereas if you talk underwater, that spacing is closer together. If you scream against a wall, again, if you're on the other side of that wall, it's going to come through there faster. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, uh, if, if it's and then we haven't really gotten into the anatomy of hearing, I thought it was better to get into the physics of sound first, as far as the the whole project is, is concerned. So when it comes to so when it comes to musicians and hearing and that kind of thing, there's some things that really sort of define how we hear things and how things sound to us, right? You have it's it's frequency, right? That which designates a note. You have harmonics, which are the the resonant notes that come off of the, the, the fundamental rate, yeah. fundamental frequency right and then yep. you also have volume which is sort of amplitude or you know uh, loudness right so yeah. and it's sort of the, the combination of those three that kind of make uh almost every sound what it is right it makes this really uh, it defines each sound to some extent so let's so now let's move on and just sort of define what frequency is what it means and how it applies to us as human beings and how we hear I think it's important to to make sure we talk all the different terms that you can use for frequency, because I think I've said before, you know, audiologists and musicians sometimes speak technically the same language, but maybe different dialects of that language. Yes, right. And I find that when I talk to patients in the office, whether or not they're musicians. So mm-hmm. when we are saying frequency, we are talking about a sine wave and how close together that sine wave is. So frequency can be frequency, pitch, tone, right. um, channels, another, you know, channel or band. Uh, right. When we talk about your EQ, you know, that's another one where people are technically referencing frequency. So you're talking um, about Hertz, Hertz as well, right? Hertz. Yeah. Uh, cycles per second, CPS. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All of that. All stuff. those things that are all different. Falls word. Into, mm-hmm. What essentially the same thing Correct. which is what the, it is like you said the amount of cycles of vibration per minute in one second, second right sorry. that's yeah, essentially second. what it is so yes. you know if if it's one cycle full like and again if you're seeing the video you can see it, it's not just a, an up arc it's a whole up and down arc up right and down. You have the up and bottom mm-hmm. and how many of those full waves are contained in one second defines frequency Correct. right cool yeah. So if you're talking about pure tones, playing piano, going up the keys, each one of those is a pure tone note. Yes, right. Uh, And we will get into the complexity of when when harmonics come into that. But essentially, this is true. And this is where the value, this is where I think, uh, in particular musicians who are uh, experimenting with their hearing or trying to learn about their hearing, a piano is just a great way to do it to start, right? Because... Each note, every note is is a is a frequency, is a is a hertz level, is a cycles per second, right? Correct. Is all those things is mm-hmm. um, you know a tone, right? Yep. Uh, again, so that's part of it too, just getting that language to kind of meet and and agree uh, yeah. between the science and the and uh, and the music of it right there. And it's really interesting when patients come into my office. Um, those who are musicians typically say you know, I think I'm good until about, um, you know, 2,500 hertz. And then, you know, things kind of get quiet after that. 
or okay. I think things are pretty good until about 12,000 hertz. And then after that, you know, I think it rolls off. Right. Whereas general population comes in and they're like, yeah, sometimes in the higher range, I don't hear as well. Yes. Especially if you have sound engineers or, you know, any musician cares about the sound of their instrument, right? They're going to learn at least to some extent the range and what they hear and what they're missing and that right. kind of thing. You know, that's got to be a little bit easier for you. Right. And, and for the musician. So chances are the musician one can they can just get to the piano and go, OK, well, you know, we're looking at C6, C7, something between C6 and C7 mm -hmm. for, you know, running it, going to the 2000 range, 2000 to 3000. And you can see if there's just a little drop in what you're hearing. You see if there's a mm -hmm. little changes. So, um, you know, I think this is a good time to kind of jump into anatomy of just basics. Yeah. Do um, so when we're talking about anatomy, the easiest way to talk about anatomy when it comes to hearing right. is when the sound comes into the ear, when it's activated in the cochlea, the cochlea is that snail shell figure on the right. inner ear portion. And mm -hmm. that is a range from high pitch at the base, right. all the way up low, low pitch at the apex. So gotcha. think of it like unrolling a piano and then mm -hmm. rolling it back up high or low pitch to high pitch with everything has to pass the high pitches first. Yes. So there's right. a bunch of hair cells in there floating around. Just think each one is attached to a different pitch or a yeah. different tone. Right. That's the easiest way to think about it. Yeah. And that's a beautiful way to think about it. And again, for musicians, if you haven't thought of it this way, you're probably going, holy shit. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. I, I, yeah. I understand a little bit of how the, the snail shell works, that, that cochlea works. And that's exactly yeah. it. If you just, if you unrolled that snail shell, you would be going from high pitch. High pitch to low to low, to low. right yep um, yep absolutely and so that's actually fun fact that's actually why high pitched hearing loss is more common right. than low frequency hearing loss is because all of those waves have to go across those high frequencies yeah. before they get to the low frequencies yes so only the right. bigger waves actually get down in there yep exactly and that's that is why uh, those high frequencies are much more likely to get damaged much more exposed right yeah right and that's why we have presbycusis which is standard um it's technically hearing loss due to aging i don't like that i like right, to say hearing right. loss due to life it's a lot of yeah. different things so. well and again i mean it's a, uh sometimes for those of us <laughs> younger who aren't quite old but have the you know <laughs> that what they would call age related it doesn't bother me as much i think for some strange reason i just you know like well uh I know it's not age related. So whatever you can call it that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay. And, and we can talk back to music a little bit fund, you know, in terms of sort of the fundamental of the note. So a 440 is a common note. Almost every musician knows a 440 it's on their tuner. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the a above C middle C right now, if you go an octave up, you're just doubling those numbers, right? Correct. You're so doubling you, the Hertz. You were doubling the hertz. So if 440 is a uh, a four, 880 is a five, uh, a, a five, and you work your way up, doubling the frequency each time, okay. um, which is a nice, quick way of getting an idea of, of range for me. You know, I just thought, okay, well, if I can get one, at least I can multiply and find those octaves above. Just you know, when I need to. Uh, yeah. You don't yeah. have to remember each one. You can remember the just the middle octave, get a rough idea of what all those are. And then you can do the multiples or divide. That's that's my world, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do find it helpful. And again, as we had in uh, last time I saw you, 
we were, we're messing around with that. We're playing now with that one note and seeing if I can figure out a way to kind of guide that in a little bit. Well, you know, we'll was see that 1300 it Hertz? It was between one was and 13, 1300, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's right around my, yeah. High 13, maybe almost 14, something like yeah. that. I'll, I'll have to double check it, but um, it's uh, that F I do know it's in that range. It's E yeah. F and you know f sharp right in that that range there that it just it jumps up it moves it sounds yeah. like the intonation moves up about a almost a half step yeah in some areas uh and yeah, it changes and so, almost day to day it's weird yeah and so for people who are listening um you know that's one thing that is tricky when we go to talk about um treatment or remediation or hearing aids or whatever right is because depending on the channel or the band that's available in that brand of hearing aid that you're wearing, um, you know, Chris, specifically for you, I don't have the ability to go in and change 1300 Hertz. Yeah. I can change a thousand Hertz and I can change 1500 Hertz. Right. Right. And I can change it for a 50 gain sound and I can change it for an 80 gain sound. Right. But But you can't can't zero in. Yeah. Right. But some, some hearing that. aids, you might be able to do that more. Like it depends on the, on the brand. It on depends. the brand. Yeah. Some brands right. give you more channels and bands to play with. Um, yeah, right. And you know, the only real, you know, in the software I can say, Oh, I want to increase or decrease this by one, three, one, two, three DB, whatever. Right. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's actually happening in, in your ear canal. Yeah, so, right. you know, exactly. there's some nuanced things there you got to think about that. So getting back to just frequency in general, what is the human, what is the, the range of, uh, what, of human hearing and how does it change over time? Yeah. Uh, so when you're born, usually it's 20 Hertz all the way up to 20,000 Hertz. Okay. And then as you age, that number squeezes down, squeezes down a bit. Right. So right. Most, um, adults with quote unquote normal hearing really can only hear out to about 10,000 Hertz. Okay. So that's, you know, that's, now we can get into this too. Uh, This is something that I've always known, but hadn't really digested what it means in a lot of ways, which is that back to the piano, strictly speaking, the piano only goes up. If we're talking fundamentals only goes up to 41, 4,200, right. To that, that super top C and it's interesting. I, I've been experimenting with friends hitting. I, we don't, you know, we'll just go up and hit that top C and see if we can identify it because some mm. people can't. It just sounds like a plank and something high. And it depends on which set of hearing aids I'm wearing. Yeah. I can, it, it, the, the set I, you know, my, the good set, I can, I can totally identify that note, which is really pretty freaking cool because a lot of people I know can't. I'm like, wow, Correct. you can't. Wow. With, I, I they can't cool. do it with hearing aids or they can do it with hearing aids. Uh, they're, you know, just, or just normal, normal hearing. with normal hearing. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, non, non aid, non aided friends. <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot to talk about when, if we're going to talk about, you know, the top of the piano, because if, especially if it's going to be around 4,000 Hertz, right. we could get all nerdy about this conversation. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. And we might carry, let's, let's hold that thought. Maybe we can start getting nerdy when we start adding things like harmonics and stuff, because that changes everything. Right. But, but that's the thing that I think is amazing to me is I always forget, like you would assume that the piano would go much, the frequencies would go much higher than they do. 
considering how much our hearing range is and how much we think. And then, and again, you saying, well, you know, by the time you're an adult, you have lost half of your hearing range. Oh my God. Whoa. But that's not really yeah. it though. Right. Because it's, you've, it's uh, higher multiples of frequency. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's not like you're losing 50, you know, uh, 50% of your hearing. That's not what's happening. Yeah. It's you're not cutting thing. your hearing in half. You're, you're not cutting, cutting you're cutting a lot of your sensitivity out. Yes. Right. That's, right. that's how I would explain that is okay. you're not cutting your hearing in half by coming down to 10,000 Hertz. You're just cutting your awareness and sensitivity to sound okay. as you age. Yeah. So, uh, there, we have peaks in our hearing, right? We have areas where we're more sensitive than other areas, as far as what frequencies we hear by nature. Correct. So in general, you know, we, we hear roughly better, mostly between 300 and 5,000 Hertz. That's sort of the, the communication range and the, you know, uh, is that, is that correct? Yeah. So uh, the bulk of, of communication and speech understanding yes. is going to be roughly, you know, 1,000 up to about 5,000 Hertz. Okay. Average male speech, my voice uh, is somewhere in the, you know, 100 Hertz range. Yours mm -hmm. is somewhere about double that an octave above, as we know. So like 200, something like that. When you're born, you can hear up to 20,000 Hertz, but only, a piccolo only goes up to, you know, almost 4,000 Hertz hardly. A piano only goes up to, you know, 20, uh, 4,200 Hertz. So we mm -hmm. have all this extra range this way up there. We do lose it, you know, over like essentially half the frequency, not half of sound, as we agreed. Yeah. So much of what we hear is not just a fundamental sound. And this is what we know of as what they call overtones or harmonics, right? Correct. Yeah. Because usually people aren't describing, when they're talking about an issue or talking about a problem that they have, which is, they come to see me because they're having problems. Right. Um, they're not talking about the sound source. They're talking about how they're perceiving that sound source. Yeah. 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 And, and again, so, and, and it's up to you to translate that language into something that makes sense to you. Yeah. Um, and again, back to being to musicians where they generally have a little bit more uh, of a grasp of some of the stuff we're talking about today. Yeah. Right. And with that in mind, the harmonics, the word itself implies that things are harmonizing off of each other. Right. So Correct. that's why you get those more resonant frequencies with harmonics as opposed to, say, with overtones, which are more clashy. They, the math doesn't work, strictly speaking, with overtones compared to harmonics. Correct. It was a big discovery for me when I got this newest set of hearing aids, I could hear more upper frequency from it. And as I always do, and as any musician I'm sure does, or anyone who's into music and gets some kind of hearing aid or gets new devices, they want to test it out. You're putting your new headphones even, right? You put them on, you listen to music that you know and love and hear, you know, see if you can notice any improvements or changes. And I put on, uh, it, it was, one of the Pink Floyd albums, it was either Wish You Were Here or um, uh, I think it was Wish You Were Here. And and there was a, a tenor sax solo. And what I discovered is how complex the sax, the sound of the saxophone really is and how almost it, it resembles more of a human because of all the, the layers of frequency. You're not just, it's not a pure tone. Sax is, you know, compared to other, uh, like compared to flute, say, which mm -hmm. is a, a straight line you know, and clarinet, which are straight, the, the bend and the, the change in the bell shape of the saxophone. Correct. 
makes it more complex. So I was hearing the complexity of frequencies. It really blew my mind. I heard it like it sounded to me like I hadn't heard it in ages or I'd forgotten like my God, I forgot a saxophone sounded so complex, so rich. Uh, it was really neat. And that's one of the things that uh, each instrument has. Harmonics is something more musical to some extent, more resonant, whereas overtones, and we can talk about the, uh, just a little bit of a di difference there. To overtones are really important, right? They're important for communication. Overtones are those, the clashing more harsh, all that stuff are overtones hitting each other, right? Whereas the more fluid sound, the notes are more harmonics resonating. So the two combined, especially with communication, you need both, right? We have to separate when we're talking about music and we're talking about um, hearing speech. Yes. Because yes. music is a combination of pure tone notes or pitches. Right. Speech. Yes. Is a very complex signal. Yes. Because as it comes from your lungs, up your throat, and out your mouth, mm -hmm. it's very rarely, if ever, um, a pure tone matched with another pure tone to make a sound. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yes. So think of it as like um, um, white noise, even. Yeah. White noise is a static. Mm hmm combination of pure tones yes whereas speech is um a very very different complex signal right so. right mm -hmm. layers of sound and this is one thing um someone like me who wants to be able to hear music they want it the way they want to hear it and hear speech the way they want to hear it right so i i have two very distinct settings and i know most musicians i know who do this who wear hearing aids they kind of do the same thing they have two they have their their music set up and then they have their you know out in life talking dealing with people set up for those of you out there those musicians who are you know getting into that kind of thing that that's something you'll want to bother your audiologist about. <laughs> yeah, two different goals here. I actually just had someone in this week who um, I'm trying to think. They sat down, musician, right. and um, same thing. I said, you know, I think I my wife's getting after me. That that I can't hear uh, on my. I think I I lose my hearing somewhere around three thousand hertz. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's see where you are, and. We go through it, definitely has hearing loss, definitely has enough hearing loss, but def recommending hearing aids. Right. And he's like, do you think I really need them? And I said, well, number one, you, you're sitting in my seat. So you put the time <laughs> and effort to schedule an appointment and, and right. pay me <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, for yeah. my opinion. Right. <laughs> and second of all, when you sat down, you told me, number one, you're having problems with your wife. You told me another example that you were having problems with. And you told me that you had hearing loss after 3000 Hertz. Right. Yeah, I do. And the first thing out of his mouth was how's music going to sound to me? And I'm like, when you listen to music or when you are communicating with your family, because we have to separate yeah. that concept. Yeah. And I right. think a lot of people don't think of that. And they, they think, oh, they're, you know, as a musician, they're always like, oh my gosh, it's going to mess with how I hear things. This is going to mess with music. How am yeah. I going to wear these on stage? You're not, right. you're not yeah. going to wear this on stage. You're going to wear your, you, your musician products for stage. You're going to wear your inner monitors and your filtered right. earplugs and 
you know, be yes. listening to your feed. Yes. Right. Hearing yeah. aids are for communication. I hope, I hope you can go to a concert with hearing aids on and enjoy it. That would right. be a great, great achievement. But mm -hmm. the goal is communication. Communication. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, some musicians might debate that uh, that choice, which uh, which their priority might be. <laughs> yeah, and if, they're, if that's their priority, yeah. that's and, that's but, fine. And, and Just tell me ahead of time. Is, yeah, they think it, it's one or the other, but you have to remind them. In fact, no, we can get another setting for you. We'll, and this is what we're going to yeah. have to do. And and I find, and and again, this is for and. Yeah, whether it's in ear monitors or hearing aid or even just testing your you know your new studio monitors, right? There's an adjust. There's you know adjustments and all that kind of yeah. thing that's going to have to happen anyway, right? Yeah, um, you essentially have to retrain your brain to accept. Yeah. Right, right. The complex uh, signal that you're pushing up there. Right. Um. And again, having different settings for those of us who, you know, uh. uh are trying to use it for music. And that's absolutely true for when I, you know, things are different now, but for the most of the time when I was playing live, uh, I would take, I would take my hearing aid out and usually mm -hmm. and put a little, yeah, put protection in because I just wanted yeah. to see what I had left. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was the goal more than anything else. Just trying to make sure I didn't lose more while I was doing this thing that I love. Um, yeah. And that's, that's of course the, number one priority and that's your priority as well which is why you're trying to save you know your priorities communication right keeping people mm -hmm. connected that way um, yeah and protecting well, I think, hearing for when it comes to music correct we have a lot of different i personally have a lot of different goals as an audio yeah, right oh yeah it's education number one how to mm -hmm. prevent hearing loss right and number two awareness awareness is always you know, if you don't know, then you don't know. I'd rather people listen yeah. to this podcast or come in and see a professional than to Google hearing loss and tinnitus. Right. And then three is treatment. I'm in treatment. is not how many, how I can get you to wear your hearing aids. It's when you wear your hearing aids, are you able to connect with your loved ones straight right. up? Are you able to function better in life? Yeah, That's exactly. It. Are you, you know, and are, uh, yeah, uh, just, normal communication normal talking are you able to yeah. just kind of right well uh, i think um, i was thinking about something when you said that earlier about um music versus speech and it, it hit me because you're talking sometimes about... a musician might decide that uh, uh music is more <laughs> important than speech <laughs> <laughs> yes and i completely understand that um you said you when you played live you would take your hearing aids out yes why did you do that? Uh, because I wanted to protect. I wanted to save what what I had, what little okay. he, you know, what, what hearing I had left. I didn't want to burn out whatever few frequencies <laughs> up there you I had there. by having it blare out. Um, yeah. And I, so yeah, I would always put something. I, I used you know, kind of whatever the the, the, the levelized or, level. Yeah. Yeah. Even cut. So do you think? And I think this is a common misconception. Do you think your hearing aids would have been amplifying that loud of a sound? Uh I don't know. I think it depends on the type. I think yeah, part so of it too, like compared like the, the, the setup I'm wearing now, the setup I've had, the, the, the two most recent setups I've had, I don't have an issue. I walk into a bar. I don't worry about changing anything. Yeah. The, the, the older one I had, 
was open dome. We will we can get into that stuff later some future time. But I was more concerned about my hearing about because that. of that. Yeah. So because you're closed off more right now with yeah, your ear. Now, yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm thing, not. It's not a concern now. When I walk in, like I said, I walk. I walk into a bar. I don't really change anything. I might turn the volume down a teeny bit, but mm -hmm. it does it. It does it itself. It's fine. Yeah. So um, I think it's important because we're uh, there's a, a few different things here. Number one, we we're just talking about harmonics. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of musicians, when we're talking about hearing aids and whatnot, and they want to listen to music and it doesn't sound right, uh, we need to talk about resonance. Yeah. Resonance kind of goes hand in hand with harmonics, right? Yeah, right. And your resonant peak of your ear canal usually is around 2,500 hertz. Usually. Okay. Just um, anatomically it, speaking. Anatomically speaking. So like Kimar is our dummy that we run all of our hearing aid research on. Not me. I don't like research, <laughs> right, but yeah, the hearing yeah. aid manufacturers run all the research on Kimar and it's the anatomically average person. Okay. Um, and so that usually is around 2,500, 2,700 Hertz. If you okay. have a smaller ear canal. We talked about this, right? For me, I think I have a lower resonance because yeah, you have, canal's a no, you, uh, so smaller ear canal, things grow louder. So you have a oh. smaller ear, ear canal means higher resonance. Oh, okay. Bigger ear canal means lower resonance. Gotcha. So okay. when you're talking about sound and harmonics, you know, you have to talk about how sound is bouncing around in a space. In the ear and, canal itself. In the ear canal itself. And right. so you're talking about how your old pair, you had an open dome mm -hmm. and you were worried that all the external sound would come in there. Yes. Um, now you have a closed scenario. Right. And you're not as worried about all that external sound bleeding in there. Yes. That that right there is why musicians don't like hearing aids for music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you get a huge, if you're, I mean, depending on what you're wearing, right. you know, if you have an open dome, your ear canal resonance might change. Yes. Versus if you have a closed dome. So you might get a really strong two to four K boost naturally listening to music if you have right. a hearing aid on. Yeah. Uh, open dome. Uh, yeah. Right. And then if so, so if it's closed dome, you and then, okay, so I guess we got to go there. Open dome and closed dome. Open dome <laughs> means yes, you were getting sound from outside. There's yeah. it's not, you're not sealing off the entire ear canal, right? Correct. You're allowing sound from outside to come in. You're just boosting other extra frequencies in there Correct. with a closed dome. It is, it is all frequencies are coming in through this, the, the speaker, you get a, all sound, yeah, you get a certain your, your, your canal is blocked off. Now, Correct. for those who have in-ear monitors, theirs is more like a closed dome system, correct? Um, it depends on the brand. Um, so yes, if you have a really nice seal, you're going to get roughly 30 dB of noise reduction with a really nice seal on an in-ear monitor. Right. Okay. So yeah. Or, okay. Theoretically, that's the goal is to try a good in-ear monitor. A good feeling in-ear in monitor, 30 dB. Right. Okay. If you're acrylic, it's going to be lower. If you're silicone, you might be a little higher. Just depends on the fit. Gotcha. Um, but you know, there's a lot of brands out there that build in the active ambient vents. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Where you right. can vent your in-ear. External sound. Uh, yeah, it, so you don't yeah, feel you can so open it up and head. get real natural, natural sound, not not synthesized right. sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, and of course, 
someone who has in-ear monitors would probably like to have that, right? That's, you know, having that control is important, right? And this is, I guess this is my point. And we've talked a little bit about this, you know, the hearing aids that I wore, switching, anyone switching to a closed dome hearing aid, it's going to be kind of a tough thing to do. If you've been going, you know, open dome or whatever, I'll speak from my, or at least in my experience, because suddenly it sounds like everything is which it is, is coming from a, yeah, it's coming from the speaker, not, you, you're not hearing natural sound. Correct. And so the sound sounds like it's actually coming into your head. It's not coming from outside. You don't get, you know, directional hearing gets really kind of screwed up, all that stuff. It's like yeah. wearing a great set of hearing, uh, like, like great set of headphones, essentially, uh, for the world, which is, you know, sure, okay, but I'd rather listen to the world without them. Yeah. Um, so that in my mind, and I think uh, that would be, that's a big adjustment for people when they're switching to in-ear monitors that they, if they don't have that ability to get some of that external sound, they don't like it because they sound isolated because they sound separated, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we can get off topic pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, I know. So this seems like a good place to end part one of the physics of sound. We hope you enjoyed it and that you'll stick around for part two. We've got so many great topics and guests coming up in future episodes. My hope is that by the time you hear this podcast, we'll also have the website up at thetinnitusmanifesto.com and we'll be connected to all the social media. As of right now, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and if you have any questions, comments, or ideas, you can reach us at thetinnitusmanifesto at gmail.com. Thanks, y'all, and don't burn those cochlear hairs. <laughs>